0: So so why are we going to talk investment?
1: Yeah, I think today we follow up on our MBA episode. So we will talk about investing if you are working in tech, because I think a lot of people in tech have that question of what to do about getting stock from your company. And should I sell my stock? Should I not sell my stock? Should I, what should I do with the money I get from selling my stock? Uh and i think there's no right answer mm. and so we can all explain our perspective on what we are doing because i think when you work in tech 25 or 50 percent maybe even more of your compensation is in stock right and i think that's rare in other industries compared to other industries so maybe like we talk about how we how we manage our
0: money mm. so one thing like i after i moved to the u.s I realize like people talking about investment, a lot more people talking about investment investing um, and done in Japan, and then also like they talk about like i r a and h s a and like a lot of stuff like helping people to accumulate uh, like capital uh um, to for retirement. that's not the case in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> So I I feel like because I'm almost 40 and then, you know, when I moved to the US, I was already like 37 and about like my friends, like they already like ahead of me decade, like if they are the same age. And then also they are doing like option trading that like less Japanese people do. So it's, it's like I need to change my mindset and then I need a paradigm shift.
1: I think I think it's because first I think if you work in a big Japanese company mm-hmm. and you are rich mm. you don't get stock options, right? Or you don't get restricted stock units. No. So you have no you have no exposure if you are Japanese.
0: Yeah. And then like and then also like they don't need to well we need we need to be worried about like if we can get a pension like after like sixty five.
2: Some of this is cultural too. I th- I think um so I was taught at a very young age uh growing up in America mm-hmm. that if I didn't accumulate capital and if I didn't save and if I didn't have a 401k or an IRA, you know, you're pretty much left out in the cold. Um the the social pro like pensions, healthcare, things like that. Um I think my parents instilled in me pro- probably an extreme version that doesn't necessarily reflect reality, mm-hmm. but what I grew yeah. up with is <laughs> if you if you're not prepared to to take care of yourself financially um you're going to end up you know out in the cold eating dog food um <laughs> and, and i, I think that, that that upbringing is quite similar so this it's different from the option trading point but for the IRA point or the you know already having experience investing or accumulating capital um that was something i was definitely raised with uh
0: uh-huh. what what's your investment like philosophy or like do you have
2: I'm boring. Um, I'm really, really boring. And I, I think this is what's great because I can't I can't wait to hear some of uh, Makoto's counterpoints to this. Um, I, I think there's some good things. So, so my main investing strategy, though, is you have to have something to invest. And so in terms of like looking what you do with your stock, um, to me, the answer is not like sell it and buy a Tesla or sell it and buy a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Um you You have to make sure that no matter what you do, you're you are investing and you are putting something away to accumulate capital and accumulate interest. And there's different flavors of that. And the flavor that I've chosen is one, i, I I've tried really hard um up until i've I've recently relocated to Japan, and the the expat assignment's been a little strange. But uh, up before that, my main investment strategy is make sure I protect enough of my income. To have money to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my wife and I, we do a lot of budgeting. We're, we're very intentional about how we spend our money. And I would say 80% of my investment strategy is just making sure that I'm budgeting in a way and I'm controlling spending, uh, my spending in a way that I have money to invest. But then after that, I'm very boring. I, I sell all my stock. I diversify into mutual funds, mm-hmm. um, which, which quote unquote is the smart thing to do. But Makoto had me run the numbers and had i just kept my stock um i probably would not be working in tech right now i'd probably be a part-time musician um but yeah it, it once i make sure that i have enough i've i've just been um selling and then diversifying and collecting a steady 6 to 10% mm-hmm. um every single year but in doing that um like right now my kids college funds are fully funded for all three of them um i have a paid for house um my my ira is set to take care of me when i'm 60 and beyond wow. um and right right now i'm trying to build a house and move up my retirement date yeah as early as i can but yeah i just try to protect my income make sure i have cash flow to invest um and then my investments are quite boring
0: so then you you i think you, you have you can have a good retirement life right now if you look at the, your capital like you're going to like invest more actively or like you you try, you you go boring as well.
2: Yeah, I think Makoto, do you want to talk about, you were giving me some advice on this and mentioning like how, how bad we are as human beings at <laughs> assessing risk. Um, and a lot of that resonated with me. Um, I don't know if you want to cover that.
1: Yeah, so I think what you're saying is the current best thinking of um, if you want to retire early that's what you do right you diverse you have a diversified portfolio that you and then you have a paid for house and then you have money set away for major life expenses and then you're going to live off the the income so maybe you would be set when you're 65 right um when you retire i think the i think the amazing part is that like you're not 65 and you're already in that position right Mm. so you've either saved way more than the average person has so far, or you've made a lot more than than the average person has, right? It's just one of the two.
2: Right, so made more in terms of the front end or made more on investment returns. And it's it's more a combination of-
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a combination of one and two. So when you have a portfolio like that, and again, this is like investment basics, you have to, when you have to assess how you're gonna hold your portfolio, usually the best, thinking right now is is that when you're young you want to hold a lot of stocks because stocks will go up and they'll go up compared to real estate or bonds and other asset classes and so if you're young and you have a long time horizon before you have to use that money you want to you want to be invested in higher risk assets like stocks because short term drops or recessions you will never need that money for 20 or 30 years so you can wait for the market to recover as you get older the thinking is is that you want to reduce your percent of riskier assets and move them into uh less riskier assets like bonds dividends cash deposits and in that thinking the real basics like when you're 22 the, the thinking is you should be invested in eighty or ninety percent stocks, and then when you're sixty five, the that percent should be around like ten or twenty percent, right? So you have your entire life to kind of adjust that percent. And then on top of that, the kind of asterisk number one to this thinking is is that if you are like Damon or maybe the, the, the two of us, and if you are on a path for a good retirement savings, there is benefit to taking more risk than stocks, especially when you're young. Because beyond stocks, there's not a lot you can do to take more risk. But if you can spend maybe like 5 to 10% of your income on very risky, but very high return assets, that could basically accelerate your retirement even more, right? And so I've never seen anybody recommend more than 10%. But there is a thinking that let's say you make, uh, you make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. You can spend twenty five thousand dollars a year on angel funding a startup or buying Bitcoin <laughs> or like stuff that that might go up a bunch, but stuff that you might lose it all, right? Um, and you know if you bought Bitcoin at ten thousand dollars and it's forty what is it, $47,000 today, you would have made 4x in a year, right? So hindsight is always twenty twenty, but that's the sort of high risk, high return asset that you can look at when you have a lot of money. And like Damon, if all of your retirement is already funded, you can take that next step and chase higher returns by taking higher risk.
2: Yeah, and just to be clear, my my retirement isn't completely funded yet. I estimate I need another another 5 years for that. Um I, I had a I had a third child, um, <laughs> which that's a whole other a whole other topic of how that impacts <laughs> economics.
0: You got the one head one head to feed.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um yeah, yeah, yeah increased head count. Uh, <laughs> and and this is the part that's really compelling for me. Um and I think, you know, if you're if you're in um, for someone who's in tech and kind of looking what to do with their stock and looking what to do with their money. I, I, I think having a budget and being an intentional um, and, and keeping some capital stored and I, I'm not going to prescribe, you know, you should you should liquidate all your stock and diversify it. That's what I did because that's kind of the classical model of thinking, you know, your income's dependent on your current company. Um, do you want, you know, all of your investments to be kind of in that same basket? Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, hindsight being 20 2020, I probably should have kept them all in that same basket. But at least again, all of that money is still in mutual funds today. It's in it's in 529 plans for my kids, um, it's in retirement plans, it's in a paid-off house. Um, and what it's not in is, you know, rent on an extravagant apartment. It's not in three cars that have depreciated um, over time. And so it, it is important to make sure that. You know a a certain portion of your income is becoming capital or equity that you hold um but what's compelling to me is i've done all that and i've done all that consistently since i entered the workforce um even when i was in non-tech retail and then even in transitioning to tech and once you get that solid foundation i am interested in this kind of level up um and this ability to take a little more risk and and do some things that might be a little crazier um, but I would recommend to anyone to at least get that first foundation, mm-hmm. um, and, and to me, it starts with the budget. Again, it starts with being intentional with where your money is going, mm. and making sure that some of that is getting directed back into your own capital holdings.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's challenging for me because, uh, like I said, like when I was in Japan, like I didn't seriously think about like investment, and like mm. after I got a green card, so I think yeah, I'm I'll be here uh for like long time. And then but like I need to like catch up with the game because <laughs> I didn't do anything when I was twenties. And then and also like I, I was not that good at managing my portfolio. And, and then like after I moved to the US like I need to think about like okay like I need to accumulate capital. And also I need to buy a house because like the rent is increasing. And unless I do that. And then to do so like I need to date Cash up my stocks and to buy a house. I, I just uh, in the process of buying a house. <laughs> Crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's like challenge part. Like really, like after movie two. And one question I like, get: the you guys thinking about like a? Did you he- hear the word fire? Like financial freedom or something like that like in retirement.
2: Um yeah, f- financial independence retire early. Yeah, um yeah. the 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 Reddit forum. Yeah, I I I found that later um in my journey. My my first uh, my first encounter with this mindset was actually through a financial guru named Dave Ramsey um who's ultra like anti-debt, very conservative. Um and what he focuses on is again um controlling your outflow. So you know, you get your income up and then you make sure that you're putting things into safe, conservative investments. Um, and then in, in, in researching that, yeah, I found the FIRE community and it's, it's quite similar in um, mm-hmm. its mindset. Mm-hmm.
0: You considering retiring early or?
2: It's a good question. I want to have the option. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if this drifts too far off topic. Um, but as we know, working in tech can be stressful. I mean, and, like everybody that, wants to retire, already. So,
0: like, I can't be a dumb question. Like, I, yeah, I wish I could but, retire already.
2: But, but I, I think I would approach my work differently, um, knowing that I could walk away at any moment and be completely secure that nothing would change for my kids, nothing would change for me. Yeah, And honestly, I don't see having enough money to retire being a prerequisite for that, you know, going and seeing a therapist or kind of working on your own mental state. You can kind of cheat your way into behaving as if you had that um, that safety net. And I do think it's made me a more effective manager, actually. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know if I would retire early right away. But knowing that I could is very important to me. (laughs) And then maybe 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 my career lasts 10 more years or 20 more years. Yeah. um,
0: Differently, like when I, you know, decided to buy a house, like gosh, like I need to work like thirty years to pay back, pay, pay the mortgage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and, and it's funny, I, 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 won't name names or or companies, uh-huh. but but I'm I'm aware of a, a work for a manager um, that actually, and half jokingly, encouraged us to go, you know, buy cars or or houses or kind of get ourselves a, and, and and again, this person was 80% joking, but I remember, you know, brancher, go buy a big house. I want you hungry. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I think that's, that's like, that's an interesting point that like, like in Japan, nobody ever talks about retiring early. Right. No. Um, I think if you said you wanted to retire early in Japan, people would just think you're a slacker or something, right? Mm. I think it's just... I don't think, first of all, there's a system set up so that you could retire early in Japan. But second of all, I think that how Japanese compensation, Japanese companies' compensation is set up in that Mm. (laughs) the day you retire, Mm. like certain companies will still give you half a million dollars or $750,000 as a one-time... Pension payout, right? Mm. But that doesn't happen until until you're like what fifty five or fifty seven or whatever the the big company retirement age is right now. Mm. Um, so I think you have a large group of people that are just locked into working, right? Because the the big cap payout for them is is at the very end of their career. Mm. Um, whereas in tech um if you are lucky and you're you're the right place at the right time Mm. like your big payout could be you know five years after you graduate from college right Mm. i think that that's that's a really interesting idea that i think the input in japan is not there of people wanting to retire early Mm. so that that leads to um again, as, as you were saying, low awareness in Japan about managing your money, so you can hit that goal,
2: right? Uh, yeah, so a, qu- a question to the two of you, it, it, even though it's not prevalent, um, you know, in, in Japanese work culture, is it something that is attractive? Um, it, you know, if, if a random person were to encounter this, um, and not even early retirement, but just this idea that no matter what happened to you in your work life, um you know your creature comforts don't they're not impacted like you have a batna you have some stability built up um is that is that a universally attractive idea or not so much
1: I don't think it is universally attractive because again really traditional japanese people they think about staying at their company forever right they don't have a when I'm worth ten million dollars, I'm just gonna walk away, right? Or if my boss says this to me, I'm just gonna walk away, right? I don't think Japanese people see their career like that.
0: I think it could mean differently for different ages. I guess like young people may feel it attractive, but like I think like people like fifties, they think it's you know, a good idea to work for the company for a lifetime.
2: I guess. Let, let- Let me phrase it differently then. Um, Mm -hmm. So the idea of, so so really this is about being intentional with your money and saving and investing. um, And there's different ways of doing that and different levels of risk in doing that. And that's kind of the how. Um, But I think a big question is the why. Why would you do this? Why do you need to accumulate capital? What are the reasons? Like, what are the benefits it provides to you? And I think in America, it's very easy. You're looking for financial independence um, and, and potentially retiring early. What I found is I think there's another byproduct of this that, I, that I'm quite certain would apply to the U.S. or a Western-based ba- work culture. And I, I don't know if it would apply equally in Japan. Um, but when you have this level of financial freedom, it's one less pressure point on you to compromise your ethics mm-hmm. um, in the workplace. It's mm-hmm. It's one less you know, suddenly when you're asked to do something that compromises your ethics or what you think is right, Mm -hmm. it's no longer part of the decision tree. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't pay my mortgage. I can't buy food. I, you know, I can't, you know, survive. And Mm. and knowing that even if you intend to work for this company for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. there is something in knowing that you've built up enough security that you never have to compromise your judgment or your ethics. Um, is that something that would be attractive?
1: (sighs) Yeah, I just don't I don't see the the traditional Japanese salaryman that invested in their company, right? Just because they have money, they you know, they they wouldn't know what to do if they could retire early, right? Or if they if they just left because they didn't want to compromise their ethics. Because most of these people, they don't even know how to look for another job, right? And and get a different job. Um so what are they gonna do? Are they gonna stay at home, or some of them even don't have hobbies, right? They've just been working all their lives. <laughs> so if you if you kind of take that away from them, it's like a, it's a pretty big void, right? Sounds
0: like Japanese are quite boring people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then like um, as Scat was saying, the young people, right? I think the young people, like it's been a like it's been a problem the last twenty years about how young people um, more and more aren't tied to one company and you know they had they don't have you know permanent employment you know they're not full-time employees if you said that to those people i think those people would love it right that mm. you know they could go from gig to gig um and do what they want on their own time and then have financial freedom mm-hmm. um but unfortunately because the japanese system is set up those people aren't compensated very well right mm. um you're compensated much better if you work for a large Japanese enterprise um, with lifetime employment.
0: I think one one thing that I, I think about uh, the the Demon's question is like, I think like de- less people in Japan like concerned about the ethical stuffs. Like Demon, like I know you, like you have you know set of like principles and then values, and you know you don't tolerate like, something you feel not ethical. And, but in Japan, I'm not sure, like, I see a lot of people like you. And then I, I know I have some friends who have the same mind, mindset with you, like, in the U.S. So maybe, like, financial stability can provide people, like, like flexi- flexibility, to choose like job. and but not sure like if uh, financial stability can like help them think about having uh, like not working for a company that, you know, to contradict with their ethics. Um <laughs> so that that's my take on, on that on that question. I don't say like not non ethical. I'm not saying that. <laughs> they I'm not saying like they don't care like, about ethics.
2: No, no, but 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 also, you know, I I I, I am aware of words like mommy cash and what that means. So Mommy <laughs> cash. <laughs> I, I, I know, a little, do that, bit, I know <laughs> a little bit. of what you're what you're talking about. <laughs> Which by the way is something I don't personally tolerate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's why you, you run the worst, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: They were in Japan, like like Makoto said, like, you know, they in the all the Japanese TV dramas when you know that retired, uh, like, you know, people like when that turned like 60, uh, 65 is like the retirement age. And then yeah, like the Colleagues got together and then, like, some lady gave a uh, flower bouquet. <laughs> and then, like, you know, they are celebrating retirement. And then, you know, that got like big, like, Taishokin? Taishokin to nani? Retirement package or? Pension. <laughs> pension. Taishokin to pension, no? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's like one time. One, big, one, one time pension. One time, big, like, copper pension and then after that like you know that started gardening or like something <laughs> yeah
2: well it, it, and this is touching on it, it's not necessarily about investing it's more on the philosophical side of things but that's why it's really important you have to have a why for doing this um because investing at a rate um and, and like investing at a really kind of bar raising above average rate. Requires making choices and sacrifices, and so if you don't, if you're not able to identify why you're doing it or what your motivation for what this capital will do to you and the impact it will have on your life, I mean, it's really hard to do. And I'll give an example. Uh, Makoto, did you come to the Super Bowl party um, at my quote unquote house? Um, it was that apartment in Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so at the time, I, I was I was at a point in my career um, where my my level and title at a major tech company. Um, You know, most people would probably be in either a home that they purchased, um, probably worth, you know, $800,000 or or higher, or, you know, paying four or $5,000 in rent. Um, And I was there with my family of four in this um, 720 square foot apartment built in like 1940. Um, And the reason for that was that that's one of the things that was providing, you know, a ton of cash flow um, to be able to save and put money away. And, and that's not easy to do, right? You're, you're giving something up and you're, you're trading off. And so that's why I'm really curious. Um, you know, in order to do this and to get started and stick with it, um, you kind of have to have an idea of why you're doing it, Mm -hmm. um, and what it means. And so uh, we kind of talked about early in this, this podcast, what this means for me. Um, I'm, I'm curious what, you know, um, a level of, of capital and cash flow that kind of maintains your standard of living. Um, why would you guys want to do that? What motivates you um, to invest at a rate that would provide that?
0: Michael, do you want to go ahead?
1: I think I have been lucky as well that I grew up somehow, somewhere. Someone told me that when you, when you are earning money, you know, housing should be 30%, you should save 30%, and then you should spend the rest of the 40% on living expenses, right? And so I was lucky that somebody gave me that ratio. Again, I don't know if the ratio is right, but ballpark, I think it makes sense that just this was something you just did, right? This was, I thought this was something everybody did, regardless of how much money you made, because everybody should be saving money, right? So when I used to work at Toyota, I used to spend my monthly salary, um, and then I used to save all of my uh, what is it? Twice a year bonus, and then I lived in the company dorm. Um, so <laughs> How much it would did you pay? it would a uh, hundred dollars a month. <laughs> um, so it by doing that, it allowed me, similar to Damon, to save a, a large proportion um, of my like out my first year out of college income and then that habit has continued to this day so i, I i've actually never thought about it because i thought that was normal and mm. i i am different from damon in that i don't budget i just kind of ballpark make mm. sure that like i'm more or less saving you know 25 to 35 percent of my money right mm-hmm. and making sure that i don't have a house so when i rent i make sure that it's you know closer to 20 percent of my income than 30 percent of my income right Mm -hmm. um i don't have like a very strict budget like damon does i've just been that mindset has been there since the beginning and then i've just added to the mindset right of learning about 401ks and roth iras Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and taxes and Tax minimization and all of that, but I think the very first thing I learned was you always save thirty percent of your income, and then you don't spend more than thirty percent of your income for your house, and then you know the rest of it kind of works itself out. I don't know if this is right, but that's how I've been kind of planning
0: my my mm. finances. Yeah, growing up, nobody told me like that kind of like golden lose <laughs> like how much. <laughs> In Japan, because, like, when I mean, you retire, you get a pension. And then, like, you have health care. And like, you, you need to pay some. But, you know, it's not crazy expensive compared to here. So I think, like, after, like, hearing you guys talking about, uh, like, some strategy or, like, financial philosophy. And I feel like I have least, you know, financial literacy, <laughs> I would say. And, uh, but, uh, and also, like, in my... If looking back, like, I went to business school, so, like, I spent a lot of money on it. And then, and also moved to the U.S., so there are some, like, spending I needed to make. And also, like, it's, like, for me, like, it's kind of sc- sc- accumulate and use and accumulate and use. And also, like, I have some idea, like, how to save money, so I, I decide not to use, like, RSU. So, like, I try to live on the cash compensation and I don't factor in the RSU income uh, for living expenses and so uh, I that's that's what I do now but uh, like I said in the early in the podcast like I'm late to the game <laughs>
1: but I mean that, that like I think you are the example of a typical Japanese person right that they are not Taught either at school or by their parents. Yeah, right? yeah. I,
0: I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm typical because being in the U.S. already.
1: No, I, I think it's, I think it's very typical, right? And then, I, I know, I know a, a lot of people that work in in Japan and tech companies, where they sell their stock and then they put all their stock in a Tokyo Mitsubishi bank account, <laughs> and, and they are earning zero point zero 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 one percent interest, right? Mm. Um, because they have no idea what to do with it, mm. and they perceive um, any sort of investment as very risky, right? Mm. So they will say like, "Oh, I don't want to buy Japanese stocks because the Japan stock market is crappy," or "I don't want to buy foreign stocks because I don't know what is going on."
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they. Are, I've been asked by many, many people saying, um, "Should I do FX trading?" Right. Mm. And I just tell them FX trading is not investment, right? It's gambling.
0: Yeah. Like I only go, I have like bachelor degree in economics, but when I was in Japan, like I was not the the amount of money in my savings account.
2: <laughs> See, and that's so funny because I, I think that it's so hard to be intentional about this.
0: Yeah. yeah if yeah.
2: you If you don't have any, you know, imagination or vision of, you know what this could do um, yeah yeah you know what that extra capital could do yeah. it, it it just won't pop up as a priority yeah
0: um, and also like you know if you're in the US like there's a con- is inflation like right but in Japan like when i was 20s like it's part of the lost decade and then like money doesn't grow yeah like there's no inflation if you have it's it's larger like we have deflation so if you have money, your value of the money increase, <laughs> and then there's a negative interest rate. Yeah. So it's it's just so bad uh, to kind of be financially mindful. So like after I moved to the U.S., like seeing like prices are increasing, so crazy. And then like you have like a cash in the bank account and also like right now, like high yield like savings account i think like point something percent so like these like savings account wouldn't help you to grow money and then like one thing i'm worried if i have cash in my savings account or like checking out like oh like what should i do like if i don't <laughs> if i don't use like invest this money like i would just lose money because like prices go up so that's uh that's something interesting.
1: So that's interesting because I, I used to live in Brazil for a time. Uh-huh. Um, and I used to live in South America. A lot of South American countries have very high in, uh, inflation mm. rates. They have like 15 to 20%. Mm. And the the people there used to say the same thing, that I'm going to spend all of my money today because tomorrow it's going to be worth <laughs> less. And, but then the mindset is also next year, uh, my salary will go up fifteen percent mm. so they get like they get like like seventy two month car loans because if you can lock in a car loan at a low rate, mm. um they assume that in eight years their salary will double right, mm. <laughs> which is crazy if you are coming from the mm. mindset of Japan, yeah, that's what inflation does right? If your country is really high inflation, like you're absolutely right, and that you should actually like. You have to be invested or you have to spend the money, right, mm. and turn the cash into assets
2: mm.
1: or else you're going to get left behind.
0: Mm.
2: Well, and I think some of it is a function of of where you live in the U.S. too, um, which is just one of the most expensive areas. And and this goes back to the point of why, you know, investing and amassing capital, um, really understanding what your goals are. So again, my, my goals are to have the ability to not need a um, job for my income. And one of the one of the other points, so I have my I have my income to invest, I have my investment returns. Um, but then I also have my target location of where I want to live, which is in a super low cost of living nice area of the country, um, where prices are low, housing is low comparatively to where the tech hubs are. And so there's a lot of parts of these equation, but the the variables of the equation don't become apparent to you until you know what your goals are. Um, so again, if my, if my goal is to have a good standard of living and the location doesn't matter, um, I have this extra option of moving to a low cost of living area, and that's something that doesn't need to be financed by gains or cash or income. Um, but I, but again, that only works for me because of my personal goals for what I want this money to do.
0: You are at the good position. <laughs>
1: There's the quadrant of knowledge, right? Japanese people are at the worst position, right? They don't even know what they don't know, right? So um, they have no way of setting a goal, right? Because they don't even know why they would set the goal.
0: Yeah. I don't know how to change that, though.
1: But, but I don't understand. Like, we say this, right? And, and, and like, but if you look at majority of people in Japan, like, their retirement is still fine, right? Somehow, because of their government pension or, I don't know, co- company pension or savings or something, they still end up okay, right? Mm. And then... But in America, you have people like Damon, but I think the vast majority of the people in America, their retirement is very unsecure, right? When I was thinking about this, when listening to Damon talk, in America, there are people that, like, they know all this stuff, yet they can't plan for this correctly, right? But then in Japan... You have a bunch of people that don't know about this stuff yet. the retirement is fine, right? And mm. they live a very long time. So, <laughs> I don't know if the the knowledge level is is tied to the output, right,
0: and the results. Mm. But in in the U.S., like I think, like it's said that like you need one million dollars to retire. I think in in the retirement account, or like to cover health care. Living expense. Yeah,
2: yeah, there there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can calculate it. Uh-huh. Um the most the most popular one is to um take what you need on a yearly basis and divide by either 0.04 or 0.035 or 0.03 mm-hmm. um as a safe withdrawal rate. And I think there's a whole bunch of simulations that show um, and again, that's a spectrum from the three percent to four percent of your, your you know there's like a 99 percent probability that your money will last 35 years um mm-hmm. if you do that mm-hmm. and so the cool thing about that equation is is it's your yearly expenses divided by that number um and so you can you can make that number the, the your assumed rate of return you can make that higher if you think that your investments will play out well um or you can reduce the the amount that it it requires you to live um so it gives you a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of places to play um mm-hmm. I think, you so, know, what 1 million is totally doable, but you really have to control your expenses. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: like, you know, the, I think it's just, I don't know how it's calculated. Like, you know, the way you live, what you do, definitely impacts how much money you need. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I want to use that number to like compare to it. So I think a few years ago in Japan, the government said, you need uh, 200k, 2000 money to retire. And it's, there was a whole backlash. Like a lot of people said, I can't have that, have that much money. <laughs> <We're tired>. Really?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I thought the backlash was the government is stupid. There's no way you can live off 2,000 <laughs> to, or, uh, or 20 million yen for... Because Japanese people live the longest, right? they <laughs> any company... <laughs> any race in the world right (laughs) i would think you would need more than a million dollars because american people they die early right
0: but i think that was kind of like a signal that government started sending like well we have pension fund but like you know the as the population age like there are less young people who can support all the older people like you know like the pension system is not sustainable i i think like all of a sudden, like, people started freaking out. Like, they knew, like, some people were, like, not say, paying because, like, we have, like, the national pension system and people need to pay the, nanking. And you know, some people are not paying it because, like, they said, like, oh, I'm not going to get money from the pension
1: <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know it was Nisan Mayen.
0: That's... <laughs> to that's
1: So, Damien, I have a question then. So, from the... The people you went to school with, uh, maybe in like college or high school, how many people do you think are understand this sort of investing and retirement and planning? Out of you know, hundred percent of the people, how many people do you think are understand not not being able to do it, but understand mentally like what this sort of thing is? I think in Japan, it's close to zero.
2: Yeah, I I, I would say that like 95% of the people understand that your retirement is not a given and you have to you have to be amassing some safety net for yourself you know what like you said whether it's possible or not i think most people get that concept but then yeah. there's these little muscle memory tricks that, that you mentioned, <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I just know that 30% should go to housing and, you know, th- th- these ratios or th- then there's like the, the basics, right? Before you invest any money of just controlling your income and, and knowing how much to set aside and how to do that. And I think that probably cuts the number at least in half. Um, and then, you know, the people that have that, that discipline and understand that, um, you know what to do with it correctly to know that you know you find the vanguard index mutual fund and if you don't know what to do you should dump everything in there that number might come down to like 30 percent or 20 percent
1: yeah but it's still 30 percent more than the average japanese person so Mm.
0: (laughs) that's quite uh yeah impressive and uh yeah i think i don't have that many friends that like have like financial like principles and uh, executing them
2: But it's it's it it kind of makes sense Um, because it's so funny, you know, the gosh, my country is founded on like independence and freedom are like the ultimate virtues. Right. Like that. I mean, it it transcends the the religions present in in America, transcend like freedom and independence are kind of the highest ideals Mm. um that that the country aspires to Mm -hmm. and so it's very natural to say okay you know i want to achieve my independence from the system and become a perpetual customer um and so there's a lot of cultural factors kind of funneling you into that conclusion um
1: but it's funny that the the system is not designed to provide you (laughs) 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 Because the, the ideal is one thing, but the system does not match the ideal, right? That's the problem.
2: No, and, and what's what's so hard for me is I personally believe, um, you know, I, th- I think moving to Seattle, they put something in the water because when I grew up, I was, I was you know, quite conservative, very conservative, um, associated heavily with the Republican Party. Um, and I moved to Seattle and then, you know, drifted much more. I would say I'm probably left of center now um, is, is where I stand there. And... As much as I do support reforms in, you know, I I, I think the, the lowest level standard of living in the U.S. does need to be addressed. But I think it's neat that our country provides a path to where through your own choices, you can become independent. And in these reforms, I really hope we don't lose that. You know, maybe we make it harder. Maybe there's things that, you know, a person in my position would would pay more taxes. Maybe it takes longer. Um, but but one of my big fears is that we take this path off the table. Um, Mm. and and I think it's really cool that that path exists, and I think it's something that should be preserved. Um, Mm.
0: I think that definitely makes your life more exciting than boring. (laughs) Mm. And then, yeah, coming from Japan, like you know, it's amazing that uh, there's a path for people in the United States to become financially independent. And so, I can see that like an argument between republicans and democratic about the you know i think like the whole discussion is centered around like freedom and uh like independence
2: yeah and i think this is why people are still somewhat um you know people who would be in the center can still pull right is um to a lot of the upper middle class this is still something to aspire to and I think the left has not done a good enough job of stating very, very clearly that this path to early retirement and financial independence will not be a casualty of these reforms. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if they would explicitly say that this ability to invest and save and, you know, eventually free yourself from the need um, to, to sell your labor, um, like if that were protected, I think it'd make a lot of people kind of hanging around in the center much more comfortable.
0: Yeah, like one thing like a worry because like, you know, in the U.S., like you need to have a health care and that's quite expensive. But in, the, in Japan, one thing good about Japan is like you have like health care, like national healthcare care system. Like if you're not working for a company, if you pay like, I don't know, $130 per month, you get health care and then there's no deductible. Like you just copay like 20% percent.
1: And also, the funny thing is you get the same healthcare as everybody else, right? Oh, so, 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 so. In America, mm. you have, like, 10 different levels of mm. PPO mm. and, uh, It's quite already. <laughs> yeah. But in America, you have, like, good healthcare, bad healthcare, expensive healthcare, cheap healthcare. Japan, there's just one healthcare, right? And as long as you have healthcare, everybody has the same healthcare, right? You can go to the same hospital, you can get the same treatment, um... That's another thing I find crazy about America. But the- yeah,
0: but relating to Damon's point, like having not being worried about healthcare, and I think that's like quite important stuff. And then still like keeping the path for the financial freedom, and I wonder like if there's any way because like, you know when it comes to healthcare, and people talk about the like, oh, like, we don't need to, we should not support it because uh, that would uh, take a lot of money and that could uh, prevent me from being financially independent and accumulate wealth and uh, something like that. I don't think it is, of course, like somebody needs to pay the cost, but uh, hope uh, there's some way to make it work, like not making
2: trade off. It, and to me, it's such a funny argument because <laughs> if you're trying to achieve financial independence, yeah. healthcare is going to be your largest expense, particularly <laughs> if you have a paid-for house. And so, actually, something like you know a uniform healthcare puts this in reach of more people. I think mm. um, it, it, you know it's the largest cost, and suddenly that the the playing field's leveled there. And so, I think you know part of the reason why Americans think and talk about investing and saving so much is a lot of its necessity, like if you don't do this, um, pardon the crude term, but you're screwed. Mm. Um, And and that is that it's very true. And what I would like to see, um, ideally, is you can invest as a way to achieve this extra like achievement in life of being financially independent, but you don't have to invest to make sure you can see a doctor when you're 60. Mm. Like one of those one of those, I think is a societal defect. And one of them is just a neat feature that people can make life choices and work their way towards. Um, and I think you can pull apart those two things.
1: It's funny because in America they're talking about universal basic income, right?
2: <laughs> Andrew, yeah.
1: Which is what Damon is leading towards. Um, but in Japan they've never said anything about universal basic income, right?
0: <laughs> myzawa no sanくらい <laughs> yeah
1: so if you if you if you tweeted a Japanese billionaire he will give you universal basic income um as part of his his experiment but um yeah I think
2: he was
0: doing some like kind of a social experiment do
2: you do you have to hold a Japanese passport for that or <laughs> no, I don't think so is my it's my Zario Kado good enough <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, he was tweeting like, I'm going to give out like $1 million for 10K to 100 people or something.
1: It's funny that Japan has never gone down that route of universal basic income when like we've talked about, like it's more like it's more accepted that the government look after all of its citizens, right? Mm. and America is the country that is talking about universal basic income
0: (laughs) I think in Japan like lifetime employment exists (laughs) that's why
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh I see so universal basic income is provided by the companies and not the
0: government (laughs) kind of yeah maybe well like poverty rate in Japan is uh, increasing I don't have uh, the statistics like here but uh, people under Seikats like is also increasing. So I don't know, at some point, maybe like people started talking about the universal basic income, but, uh, yeah, health is cheap. And even if like, you're not a full-time employee, you can still pay for it, pay the cost.
2: And I think too, the, the culture is changing everywhere. And I, I do know, you know, a few expats that were in, in Japan around 2003 and got, got you guys might have to edit this out. If this is super culturally insensitive, um, but just like one change that someone noticed is, you know, in, in the past, and I, I I know a little bit of Japanese history, mm-hmm. um, but please please correct me if I say something <laughs> ignorant, ignorant or out of turn. Um, but you know, the the way leadership worked is the 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 cost for failure in a leadership role was really high. Um, you know, potentially your life was on the line, and you know, over time in a leadership role that that went away, right? Like you don't see people. You know, if they fail in business, have to um, you know risk their life, or necessarily you know go to jail, or it's it's not this all or nothing. Like the leader is absolutely in power, but then the leader is absolutely responsible and accountable. Um, and a couple expats joked around that maybe we should go back to that. Um, but I think that you know there's been cultural backs. If companies don't feel personally accountable for playing a role in society anymore. Um, like if that's been, if that's been shifting over time, um, you're going to see different outputs.
1: Mm. I don't think that's true because even in COVID, Japanese companies are not firing their employees, right? Like they're doing early retirement, they're doing voluntary retirement, but it's not like America where
2: these are mostly small shifts, right? Like really, really small over time. And America's always kind of been, you're on your own. Um, <laughs> <yeah>.
1: uh. <laughs> cause I'm um, like, like, um, america what the 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 quarterly unemployment rate was something like twenty five percent right at one point at the worst of covid where I think in Japan they were saying it spiked from like one point five percent to like two percent
2: mm-hmm. um
0: so
1: yeah I mean that's another thing I don't understand about <laughs> about Japan and unemployment but anyway yeah I mean it's um,
0: firing people in Japan is tough and then what companies do is like Instead of uh, firing people, they kind of increase the tight grip on hiring. So normally it impacts young people.
1: Yeah, that's true. Because this year for uh, Shinsotsu, all the companies are canceling Shinsotsu. Mm. So I think you're exactly
0: right. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. We have some terms like Hyogaki, Ice Age, uh, when people like like new grads looking for a job when economy is really bad. They don't get full-time employment, but like contractor job. And then Damon, you may be aware, of, but like, you know, the company work for after graduation of the college, quite important right? in Japan. So if, you know, the opportunity like after, you know, going to full-time like getting a full time job at a great company decreases that, like, diminishes the like bright future for people. So
2: right, and and, and if, if your government's reliant on your companies to fill this need, and companies don't see it as their societal responsibility, you know, one to take care of the people that are already employed, but two to provide this role as a as a start, jumping off point for employment, and you know, if companies are willing to shut that door. Um, and kind of pass that problem on to the individual or government um you know that's that's when you need to rethink things mm. um
0: mm. yeah i think it's changing like differently compared to i don't know 1990s or like, 1980s and um, but still st- i think i would say still the case um i don't know why like is it because like there are many salary managers but i think i
2: I I think the common thread in all of this to tie this back to the main topic, you know, of investing and, you know, amassing some capital and some safety is as an individual, you really need to think about, you know, why are you doing this? Why do you need to invest? Why do you need to save? Why do you need to make your money work for you? And paying attention to all of these macro external factors, I think is really important. And if the world around you is changing, you know, maybe what your parents taught you about money and what you need to do with it isn't as applicable anymore. Mm.
0: How are you teaching your kids about the investment?
2: Like, How old are your kids it, it, Um So I have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old, and we do talk about money, and I focus just mainly on budgeting. Um, kind of like what Makoto talked about, of the ratios and making sure you're intentional um, with your money. And the one thing that I do, so I, I raise them very similar to how I was raised. My parents talked to me about money at a young age, Um, but there is one alternative path that we didn't talk about. So you have, you know, three of us here who worked in tech, um, but I've got a couple friends that went for kind of highly technical positions, like, you know, running medical devices or, um, ultrasound is a good one. You know, ultrasound is going to be very, very hard to automate, um, where you work a three day a week shift or a four day a week shift, you get a long predictable weekend um, there are retirement plans. It's something you can do late in mm-hmm. life. And there's kind of this other philosophy of, you know, don't chase income, chase something that has a very low, um, hourly investment with kind of a high rate of pay and a high rate of stability. Mm-hmm. And so I also try to connect my kids to, I talk about some of these options and what some of my other friends do. Cause I don't know how feasible it is for everyone to go and you know be in the top one percent of your college and then you know nail a tech interview and get a really high paying powerful corporate job so the different thing i'm doing with them is trying to expose them to people who have been successful with money that are following some you know alternative paths uh Mm. to the things that we talked about
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and that that is completely lacking in tech right for for better or worse like once you enter like the the bubble that is the tech industry, all people talk about is like stock price and like when is, when are you IPOing? When is this company getting bought out? Oh no, my company's going out of business or my stock options are underwater. And like nobody talks about that, like qualitative factors like happiness and quality of life. And yeah, I just, I just feel that that's a complete lacking in when you're working in tech. Hmm. Maybe maybe it's supposed to be like that. I don't know, but like, like I think I always talk to Damon about um, even if you're working in tech and you may be getting a salary, you should always like calculate back how much your hourly hourly wage is going to be, right? Um, because you may be making a lot of money, but if you're working eighty hours a week, like you're still gonna you're gonna be the same as a McKinsey consultant, right? Your hourly wage isn't going to be very high, mm. so yeah i i think that that kind of thinking is very lacking in the tech industry because it's always about grow 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 faster 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 more 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 Mm. and i think some people are some people are just very unhappy at that (laughs) but they don't know how to get out
2: yeah and with alternative thinking then you can do things it goes back to investing and saving is much more powerful if you have some vision or some inspiration of what you can do with this money. And, you know, if you find that the uh, career in tech is, is being too stressful, you know, maybe the investment target is enough to go get some retraining and get a degree and you pay for a house. And then, then you move into one of these professions, but you move into that profession with no education debt and an asset of like a house and some money saved. Um, And with goals like that, it's much easier to budget and it's much easier to save. And Mm. so there's so many options available. um, But if you just kind of try to like only look at the math and like, okay, I think I need to invest because I hear that that's important and I'm worried about falling behind. um, I I think that's a very different experience than having some inspiration of what this could do for you and saving with that goal in mind.
0: I think like investment also, like how you live your life like uh, quite interrelated. Like if we we are working as a commodity, like we don't have a stability in our career. Like in the tech, like there's a bunch of people, of course, like there are like a demand shortage for the engineers. But, you know, unless like you have genius and you have lots of patents or like you are, not the indispensable. Uh, you are not in uh, you are not the dispensable like you you are not the substitutable with somebody else company can always look for somebody else, and then that's kind of you know drives people to kind of grow 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 kind of motivation and I would like my kids to have like think about the uh, you know of course like financial freedom is important, but like you also need to think about something not too much competition but your value is not uh, underappreciated and like meaning like you you don't become commodity and of course like you know in you know ever changing world like it's difficult to find like what's Mm -hmm. what's commodity and what's not commodity and if you're you, you you know you're working in the blue ocean not red ocean you have like psychological stability much more than people working in a red ocean. And if so, then like you can focus on what you're doing. And plus, you know, the extra room in your brain, like you can more like think seriously about investment and not doing crazy stuff. So I think there are like multi-factors that you need to consider. uh and it's also like you know there's some reasons for the how how you live life that's
2: yeah it, it's funny you mentioned that because I every time I take a vacation so every time I, I step away from my work for a week or or two I always come back and look at okay how can I save more for retirement like that was great I want to do more of this <laughs> how can I <laughs>
0: That's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think it's also mindset, right? Some people are like that. Some people are like they work on their vacation, right? So, yeah, I think everybody's different. So you have to find the the motivation for why you want to invest in, and gain financial freedom.
2: Right? And it could be anything, too. I mean, it just takes you know, some time to sit down and think about it, but maybe, you know, someone wants to be a patron of the arts. Maybe they love their work. Maybe they're happy to, you know, work till they're 65 and they've got more than enough income, but they're, you know, they want to sponsor an artist. Uh, you know, maybe you're attached to a, a religion that you want to donate to. Maybe you have social causes. Um, maybe you just want to build a really cool, you know, set of houses and three really nice places to take your family to. But it is important to have an end state in mind mm-hmm. and a vision for, for what it will do. It, it just it makes all the because, again, everything we brought up was very simple. Right. Uh, Makoto, mm-hmm. you had your ratios, um, even Shin, you had your um, um, you mentioned just not touching your RSUs. Right. It's, it's the simple things that kind of make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to have the, the will to kind of keep doing that over a very long period of time. And to even learn more about once you have those basic habits, where do you channel your money? That takes some time to research. Even to get to the Vanguard mutual fund, like you have to watch, you know, a couple hours of YouTube videos and, and poke around in the forums. And and to want to spend that time and keep that going over time, you have to have some vision of what you want to do with this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And thank you, Demo, for coming and joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a. Uh... Great time for me, and uh, yeah, let's do it again.
2: Sounds good.
0: Every time we have guests, we have the spike, spike in the playback of our episode downloads. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to
2: seeing the number. <laughs> Dive deep. <laughs> grow,
1: grow, 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 grow.
2: I, I think you'll, you'll find, though, if you don't have an uh, English-speaking audience, you might be in trouble. But... <laughs> People,
0: eager to learn English. Uh, I hope that this is like a great, uh, like a
2: educational topic. Both from the topic and also the language we use.